0: beginning in the reading of Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 23, but really focusing on Colossians 2, 8 through 11. Now, I'm going to say that again. I apologize for at least repeating myself sometime. Reading Colossians 2, 8 through 23, but focusing on Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Thank you, Tom. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. For in him, and I have this in brackets, Yeshua, You're going to hear that name throughout this message. That's the name Jesus Christ, or at least the name Jesus. And there is much significance to that name. I'm going to read verse 9 again. For in him, that is Yeshua, Jesus, all. Not some. Not partial. Not a little bit. All. Can you say the word all? the fullness of the deity. Now, I know the King James says Godhead. So, for in him, all the fullness of deity or Godhead dwells in bodily form. Interesting, bodily form. Keep that in mind. Number two, and in him you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us of all our transgressions. Number three, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Therefore, verse 16, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath day. 17, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen. Inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. 19. And not holding fast to the head. I notice my mic is going in and out. So I'm just going to talk loud. I'm used to that, talking loud. Amen. And not holding fast to the head. From whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with the growth, which is from God. I'm almost done with this passage, that is. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to degrees such as, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? Number five, which all refer to things destined or destined to perish with use in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. Last verse. These are matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value, no use against fleshly indulgence. Still, Now let's focus on Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 from the New American Standard Bible. See to it. That's the Bible we use and the Bible I have right here. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. Now, I I know you think I'm getting redundant, but in a moment, I hope to open up this whole entire text. Here's the King James. You just heard the New American. Now, here's the King James. Beware! Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Number seven. Let us break this down a little bit. Number seven. See to it is the same word that the King James says, beware. And captive is the same word that the King James says, spoil. So let's get to it. See to it, beware. This is from Second Peter 3.17. You therefore, beloved, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled from your own oh, steadfastness. I want to ask you a question today, Christians. Are you steadfast? Do you have your feet on the solid rock, Jesus Christ? Can I get a witness? I'm going to read that again. You, therefore, beloved, he's talking to Christians, knowing that beforehand, what do you know? I know Jesus. I know his death his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, his high priestly ministry before the God of all creation. That's what we should know. And of course, he speaks to us personally. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your steadfastness. Again, number eight, see to it that no one takes you captive, you see those words underlined, through philosophy and empty deceit or deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. King James, beware! Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Spoil, captive. Number nine, the word spoil now commonly means to corrupt, to cause to decay and perish as fruit is spoiled by keeping too long or paper by wedding, or hay by a long rain, or crops by mildew. But the Greek word here used to spoil in the sense of plunder, rob, as when plunder is taken in war. The meaning is, take heed, Christian. Be on guard. Take heed lest any man plunder or rob you of your faith and hope by philosophy. These false teachers at Colossus, They had an agenda, which i get to in a moment. These false teachers would strip them of their faith and hope as an invading army would rob a country of all that is valuable. I have my own note down here. As an invading army would rob a country of all that is valuable. I'm gonna ask you a very pointed question this morning, how valuable is Jesus Christ to you and me? How valuable is He? His name is Jesus. As a matter of fact, He not only dwells with you, But Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Can I get a witness? Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm going to ask you that pointed question before I turn to the next page. How valuable is Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the God-man. How valuable is he to you and me? And not only that, before I go on, if he's so valuable, what about his everyday impact in our lives? Can I get a witness? How about it, Christian? if he's so valuable to us as he should be, how is our walk each day? Number 10, philosophy, empty deceit. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of man, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than after Christ. Here's a note from John MacArthur. This philosophy that's written the Colossian Christians was so dangerous because it was not obviously sinful and licentious. It was high sounding and seemed highly intelligent. I'm going to read that again. You see it on the screen too. This philosophy that's written, the Colossian Christians was so dangerous because it was not obviously sinful and licentious. It was high sounding and seemed highly intelligent. Number 11, how about you and me? Sounds good to me. Do you know your Bible well enough when you hear empty deception or error? Can I get a witness? Do you know it well enough to say, that's that sounds okay, but that's not according to the word of God. Here's a few deceptions. Jesus was not God. There are three separate gods, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not one God in three persons. Jesus is not necessary because there is no sin. You know what I can say to that? Yeah, right. Jesus was not raised bodily from the dead. Sound good to you? Maybe he's a spirit. But you just read. In him. Right now. Dwells all. The fullness. Of the Godhead. Bodily. I'm going to say this again. There's a man in heaven. He's the mediator. Between God and man. He's the man. Christ Jesus. That's who he is. And he intercedes for every born-again Christian, even while he's in heaven. Let me go on with these others sound good to me. There are many ways to God, not just one. But I heard somebody say, and I'm going to send my notes to, I am the way the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say he was a way. He says he is the way. No way. Say it again, brother. No way. Thank you. Jesus is not necessary because people must pay for their own sins. Okay, yeah, right. For by grace, you have been saved. It's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. You can read the rest in Colossians chapter two. Here's another one. He died for sins, but people can't be saved unless they obey all the teachings of the church. That is pure baloney. Jesus is God, but less than God the Father. Jesus was just a man. Jesus is not the only Son of God. Well, I can say that's half true. Jesus is the only Son, the unique Son of God, but we are sons of God by being born into his family. Can I get a witness? If you don't believe that, you Read John chapter 1 and First John. Behold, now are we the sons of God. Jesus Christ is the unique son of God. There's no one else like him. I'll get to that later. And the last one, Jesus will never come again. I have a rebuttal. On my table back there. So you can check it out. Okay. I was getting ready to skip something. The false teachers at Calais. Gnosticism. Taught that God as a perfect spirit. Could not come into direct contact. With the material world. Paul took care of that point. That Jesus is God. And he came in the body of his flesh. Let me read it again. Gnosticism. These people think they knew it all. When you get somebody who thinks they know it all, you better be careful. I don't care who it is, Brother Bruce or Professor So-and-So, they think that you better look carefully. Can I get a witness? Gnosticism taught that Jesus, excuse me, Gnosticism taught that God, as a perfect spirit, since he's holy, could not come in direct contact with material world. World. Paul took care to point out that Jesus is God. And may I add, Jesus is God the Son. And that he came in the body of flesh. Now I'm not gonna ask you to turn to this. I'm just going to repeat a verse in John 1, 14. And the word became flesh. And he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, Fool. there's that word full again, full of grace and truth. Gnosticism taught that God could not have direct contact with the material world, that God himself did not create the world, but he worked through lesser spirits. You better have your Bible ready because I'm getting ready to turn you to your Bible. P- excuse me. Gnosticism taught that since God could not have direct contact with the material world, that God himself did not create the world, but he worked through lesser spirits or angels. I want you to turn, if you will, to Colossians chapter two, excuse me, Colossians chapter one, verse 15 and 16, Colossians chapter one, verses 15 and 16. I was looking at the clock because I don't like to go over time. Amen. Okay. Then I'll preach five hours and 16 minutes. Thank you, brother. We're reading God's word. And we ought to enjoy it as much as we watch the football games this afternoon. What's more important? I'm not saying I don't like football sports. I'm just saying what's more important? This light being out is hard to see, but here I go. Colossians chapter one, verses 15 and 16. For by him, don't forget what they said now, he did not create the material world. For by him, that is Jesus, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things. Say all things. things. Everything. Everything. Not one particle was made without Jesus. Air, time. Did you get that? Now I'm going to reflect on that for a minute when I come back to you. All things have been created through him and look at the last verse. That last sentence or last phrase. For him. Did you know you were created for Jesus Christ? You were created to give him glory. You were created to talk about who he is. You are created to say, he's my personal savior. And he saved me. Out of my, I'm talking about Brother Bruce. Uh, From my own decadence, he saved me. And transferred me into the kingdom of the son. But that's not only for Brother Bruce, that's for everybody who's a born again Christian. I started to get on track, but I, 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 I'm going to try to stay on track here. In regard to creation, if I don't even get through with this, I want you to go, I want you to see something. In verse 15, if you have your Bible when it says, he, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible world the firstborn of all creation. Now, I'm not going to get into the firstborn, but I'm, I want to say this, it doesn't mean he was created first and then he created everything else, like some cults do. He used the image of the invisible God. Who's the image? Jesus. Now I, I, I can tell I'm going to run out of time, so I'm just going to say this. In Genesis 1.26, which I have in my notes, It says, let us make man in our image. You were made in the image of God, and you still have a fallen image of the image that God made you in. You were made in the image of God. Let us make man in our image. But you notice what this said? He is. He's not made in the image. He is the image of the invisible God. Can I get a witness? No wonder Jesus could say, before Abraham was, I am. The person who died on that cross was the great I am. You get that? The person who died on that cross was the great. Amen. I am. I know I'm getting ahead of myself this time. For God, soul of the world. Now my bike's back on. Extraordinary for God so loved the world. Say it again, brother. Gave his only son. Did you notice that? Only son. Unique son. I'm gonna say this again. There's no one like him. Well, I'm sure glad I got some Kleenex. Paul took care that Jesus is the creator of the world. Next one, Gnosticism and some forms of Jewish mysticism taught that God did not deal directly with the man and the material world, but he dealt with the world through a series of mediators, say mediators. Paul took care to show that Jesus did the work of reconciliation. What do you mean reconciled? Let me say this first, for there is one mediator. I know I said it before, between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus, there's only one. I'm going to turn to, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians, Chapter 5, Five, Second Corinthians, Chapter Five. Give me a chance here. It's on. I I hope I got the right page. Yeah, I do. Second Corinthians, Chapter Five. Some of you know where I'm going to turn to. Oh, here I go. Um, therefore, say therefore, yeah. if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old oh, hey. things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled, there's that word reconciled, us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation or as some say reconciliation therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. Say ambassadors. I'm not pointing on my finger at anybody, so don't get the wrong idea. I want to ask you in general, are you and I ambassadors for Jesus? Are you ashamed to talk about him? I ask myself that question sometimes. When I'm among other people, or I or will I say something about this great God and Savior, Titus 2.13. That's right. He's the great God and Savior, Titus 2.13 at the appropriate times. I'm not saying every, every time is the appropriate time to talk about the Lord. Can I get a witness? Sometimes you got to keep your mouth shut and just pray. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Now, here it is. He made him who knew no sin. I got to send a Savior who knew no sin to be sin for us. Well, who made Jesus sin for us? I'm not going to go into it long a paragraph or a dissertation, but in Isaiah it says, God, pour, God the Father poured out his wrath on his son for you and for me. Did you get that? God the Father, Isaiah 53, if you want to please check it out, poured out his wrath, taking all your sins and put them on his son. Can you ask for a greater savior? Gnosticism 13. Gnosticism and some forms of Jewish mysticism greatly esteemed these supposed mediators and considered them angelic beings of a sort. Paul was careful to warn the Colossians that angels should not be worshipped. Say angels should not be worshipped. Say it. I hope you are not worshipping any creature. But in the Colossian church, they were setting up, oh, you got to worship angels. Paul says, no. The only one who we can worship is God. Now, I got to turn you to this. Even if I don't, I know I said this already. Even if I don't get done with this message, I have to turn you to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. If you have your Bible, fine. If you don't, you can just listen. Hebrews chapter 1. Verses 1 to 8. God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and many ways, say many portions in many ways. I know I'm going to take this out of context. God has been speaking to some of you in many ways and in many portions, and He keeps on speaking to you, and He wants you to say, I surrender. I'm going to give it all to you, Lord Jesus. In these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. How about that? We just read in Colossians, he created everything. Now it says it again. And he, that is Jesus, is the radiance of his glory, of God's glory, and the exact, say exact, exact, not partial, but exact representation of his nature, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. Say upholds. Do you realize that the scripture is saying Jesus Christ holds the whole entire galaxy in his hands? No, I'm not going to sing. He holds the whole world in his hands. Got to go with this. I'll sing it the next time. I might run out of time. I just might get a little excited. But he does hold the whole world, the whole galaxy in his hands. What kind of Savior is this? Who do you say that I am? And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature uh, nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down. That's one thing the high priest couldn't do. He couldn't sit down because his work was never done. But this high priest, this man, this person who shone with Shekinah glory, he sat down complete. Having become so much better than the angels and he has inherited a more excellent name than they. what's that name? The name of Jesus. The name of Yeshua. Somebody else said it. Yahweh. For which For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son? He never said that to an angel. But he said it to a son. Today I have begotten you. And again, I will be your father to him and he will be a son to me. And when he again brings his firstborn, that's Jesus, into the inhabited world or into the world, he says, and this is verse six, let all the angels of God Worship him. Worship him? That's right. Worship him. Now I'm not going to turn, I'm only going to turn you to one more, but I got to show up in I'll just name them. When the Magi were led by the star, when they came to see Yeshua, Jesus, they worshiped him. Let's go, if you will. I'm shortening my message, I know, but I'm staying on task. I want you to go to Revelation chapter 5, if you have your Bible. Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. And I looked, this is John talking, and I heard the voice of many angels, there's those angels again, around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, and the mem. I can't read because of the light, and the number of them was myriads of myriads, as the King James says, 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, Saying with a loud voice, worthy, say worthy, is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and every creature. Now we go from angels to every creature. And every creature that is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Say it again. Amen. He be blessing and honor and glory and dominion and forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen and the elders fell down and worshiped. Well, who did they worship? They worshiped the one sitting on the throne. You can call him Jehovah God, God the Father, and the Lamb. I got more to say about the Lamb, so I hope you get to it. For how long? Forever and ever. Every creature. 14. No, not 14 yet. Go back, brother. Three translations of 2 9. For in him all the fullness dwells in bodily form. Number 14. Because in him doth tabernacle. I like that word. Tabernacle. Can you say tabernacle? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That word tabernacle has the idea of a permanent thing new international version, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in lives, sorry, in bodily form. Paul's exclusive claims. Paul's statement does not simply collapse God and Christ into one. As a Christian, I want you to know something. Jesus, and I don't mind saying it again. Jesus is not God the Father, he's God the Son. Can I get a witness? It does not collapse them into one person, although Jesus did say, I and my Father are one. What he meant is, I had this very same nature. You just read it in classes. They both had the same uncreated nature. But Paul does deny that there is some remnant of deity to be found in in another form or through another means other than Christ. While some philosophers of religion, verse uh, number 15, while some philosophers, <clears throat> I need to slow down. That's what happens when you get excited. I, I don't know why we can't get excited about Jesus. We get, we get excited about a football game. I already mentioned baseball, but we can't get excited about Jesus. What's wrong with us? He's not a nominal being. He is the being. While some philosophers of religion label and also reject as exclusivists this claim to the Christian faith, others have pointed out that it is particular. I'm not going to pronounce, pronounce that word. I know it's particularist. That is, the primary claim of Christian faith is a positive one, namely that God has become manifest in the particular person of Jesus of Nazareth and is therefore known in the particular narrative of this man's life. Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection. Therefore, a Christian understanding the identity and character of God is inseparable, linked with this particular human being and his history. I have my own question down here. I have it handwritten. Are you and I particular about Jesus as a Christian? Go to 16. Let's break it down. Paul's statement does not collapse Christ and God into one person. But Paul does deny that there is some remnant of deity to be found or known in another form or through another means. Acts 4.12 And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Nicodemus, I know you heard me say this, religious, Came to Jesus by night. Religious, but lost. Are you here today? You're religious. You think you keep all the commandments. You do this. You do. Everything's good in your life. You just, you're just you acceptable. You must be born again. Why do you must be born again? The Bible declares that we were dead in trespasses and sins. You were born with a dead sinful nature. Can I get a witness? You must be born again. Not hope so, maybe so, might, you must. John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am the way the truth, and the life. And I know I said it before. No one comes to the Father but through me. Well, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't know what to say to that. But I will, I will say this. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall shall confess in heaven and earth and under the earth that Jesus is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. You can't escape Jesus. You can bow now or bow later. Number two, 17 while some philosophers of religion, as exclusive as this claim of Christian faith, others have pointed out that it is particular. Number 18, and the word became flesh and dwell among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus said to her, I am. Say, I am. I am. I am the resurrection. And the life. He who believes in me. I see, feel my mic going off again. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Are you alive in Jesus Christ? Or you like me, before I got saved, just living. Let's talk about the Savior. I can't see what time it is, Pastor. Okay, good. I got some time. Savior, number 19. Howie, I know you're here. I'm not picking you out, but I know you're here. Mr. Shankweiler and I went over this verse. I, even I, am the Lord. And there is no Savior in the Old Testament. What? There's no Savior besides... Well, who's Jesus? I already mentioned this verse. I'm not going to turn you to it because time is running low. Yahweh, the Holy Spirit, speaks of the Son. Savior, Jesus Christ. You got that? In the Old Testament, Jehovah God says, I'm the only Savior. Yet in the New Testament, the Savior, the great God and Savior is Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. No wonder Jesus could say, before Abraham was, maybe you get tired of me saying, I am. Number three, therefore a Christian understanding of the identity and character of God is inseparably linked to and with this particular being, human being, say human being. I don't want you ever to forget that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. And I hope I can prove that in before the sermon is over by the scriptures. Here's a more history. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord God is my strength and my song. Say song. Do you as a Christian have a song in your heart? Only you can answer that. But my emphasis is not on that. It's, just, it's on the word salvation. Do you know? And I looked this up to be doubly sure. I also looked up several commentators as I usually do and other sources. Did you know that the word salvation, say salvation, is the same word used for Jesus? Yeshua. Here it is. Isaiah twelve two. Behold, God is my Yeshua. I will trust and not be afraid. If you're here and you're not a Christian, don't you know all he wants you to do and trust in what he's already done for you? He's already done it. You can't do anything to earn your salvation. He's already accomplished it. His famous words on the cross that I like to use, it is what? Finished or done, it's over. Let me read it again, God is my Yeshua. Let me go on, because I won't get done if I don't. Here's another one, I'm gonna have to skip some of this. 21, he says, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel? I will also make you a light of the nations So that my salvation, say my salvation. Come on, say it louder. Thank you. May reach to the end of the earth. Here it is. It is, he says, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Israel and to restore the preserved ones of Israel? I will also make you a light of the Gentiles so that my salvation, and I have it in brackets, my Yeshua, may reach to the end of the earth. That's Jesus. I have a verse, and you already know it, and I already said it. For God so loved you personally, I met a man on the street and I know I've repeated this again. He was handing out magazine or attempting to. I said to him, if you were the last person on earth or the only person on earth, with Jesus would have died for you. I'm gonna go down to the bottom I already said this. Let us make man in our image. You were made in the image of God. But according to the Bible, Jesus is not made. He is the image of God. Let me go on. I definitely wanted to get to this part and I'm so glad. 24. For as much as you know, That you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood. Say precious blood. blood. Let me add this. The blood of Jesus Christ is precious. And another way of saying it, was costly. It can be translated costly. The blood that ran in the veins of Jesus Christ can save you. But not only can it save you, it keeps on saving you from your sins. Did you get that? Cleansing you. Each day we as Christians need a cleansing. Can I get a witness? Amen. Don't you think there's, any, there's no perfect Christian? You see Christians at all levels. Some were babes in Christ. Some are mature. Let me say this and don't get it wrong. You better be careful how you judge them. This is the point I really wanted to get to. As a lamb without blemish and without spot. Number 25. Same birth. The word lamb is amnos in this verse. Amnos. Say amnos. Now, you've got to get this. This is so important. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your fathers, but with the precious blood as a lamb or amnos, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Here it is again. Amnos. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. And you can see that footnote over there in parentheses: take away or beareth. What's the significance of that? Jesus bore your sins. That's the significance. Of, and he carried them away. John one thirty six and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. But here, I'm so glad I can get to this. Arneon. If you don't know what it means, you can at least say it. Arneon, say it. Arneon. Another word for lamb. Greek scholar, A.T. Robertson points out that the word for lamb throughout the New Testament is amnos. But throughout Revelation, John uses another word, arneon. And he uses it 29 times for the crucified Christ. The difference is this. The word chosen by John stresses the slaughter. You get that? Before I go on, do you know that Jesus Christ went to the cross naked? Why did he do it for you and me? Suffering. He not only suffered the pains of the cross. He suffered separation from his father. Agony. Do you know that his suffering was so great? The Psalm 22 says, I can see all my bones disjointed. Have you ever had a disjointed bone? Well, think about a disjointed person. His bones were out of joint. And humiliation. Ah, he saved others. Let him save himself. And all the suffering is seen in heaven. You got that? What's the significance? Dr. Robinson says the lamb is now alive with the marks of his sacrifice. He still has the wounds in his hands. He identifies with his resurrection, his ascension and his crucifixion with for you and me forever. The lamb is now alive. But with the marks of the sacrifice, the point is this. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Can I get a witness? I see I got a few minutes to go. And this is the last time. This is the last one. This is almost the last one. Good. In the time of the prophet Zechariah, God showed him... I think I'm skipping something. I am. The Argentine's women's basketball team came to the tournament game wearing the wrong uniforms. Their navy blue jerseys were too similar to Colombia's dark blue jerseys, and as the visiting team, they should have worn white. With no time to find replacement uniforms and change, they had to forfeit the game. In the future, Argentino will surely double-check what they're wearing. In the time of the prophet Zechariah, God showed him a vision in which the high priest Joshua came before the Lord wearing smelly, filthy clothes. Satan sneered and pointed out, he's disqualified, game over. But there was time to change. God rebuked Satan and told his angel to remove Joshua's grubby garments. He turned to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. We came into this world wearing the stench of Adam's sin. Did you know that? Which we layer upon layer with our own sin. If we stay in our filthy garments, we'll lose the game of life. If we become disgusted with our sin and turn to Jesus, he'll dress us from head to toe with himself and his righteousness. It's time to check. Not what are you wearing, who are you wearing? The final stanza of the hymn, The Solid Rock explains when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I in him be found, dressed in his righteousness. I ask you again, who are you wearing? This is what Christians can say. Jesus, thank you for providing the way for my sin to be removed and your righteousness to cover me. John MacArthur, Paul says that it is a fact to be enjoyed. What? Your salvation. You ought to be enjoying your salvation. 33, and you were he circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands. I just shortened that. Most of the Christian Gentiles, who had never been physically circumcised, Paul assures them that they were indeed circumcised in a spiritual sense, which even is more important than physical circumcision. Did you realize that, Christian? You've been circumcised inside this is an inside job and last I got to slow down right here you were also circumcised a definite the Greek indicates a definite fact that was their conversion the inward circumcision of the heart by which they entered into the blessings of the new covenant Removal of the body of flesh denotes the stripping and casting away. You and I, Christians, shouldn't be holding on to all things. Can I get a witness? All sinful things. And I'm talking about Brother Bruce, nobody else. In case you think I'm talking about you, I'm talking about me first. Let's give the Lord a hand.